Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. Totally ready. Got 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 the recording on and everything. Yeah. It usually takes a few tries. Uh, yeah. Somewhere along the I'm, way, I'm... <laughs> Alex forgets that his microphone uh, is actually in the fridge. Get it. Um, <laughs> he's trying he's well he thinks people live in it and so he's like got the he's watched a few too many episodes of love death and robots mm-hmm, and so he's got mm-hmm. the microphone in there he's like i'm gonna catch all those lilliputians fools look at every day I, I i put it right right next to the joaquin phoenix in my fridge just you know it's, <laughs> it's gotta go somewhere <laughs> yeah sometimes what? uh i'll spend like an hour on the skype uh you know getting prepped and then uh I'll be wondering where you guys are, and then you'll be like, "Hey, where are you?" And I'll be like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't my laptop. This is cheese." <laughs> Classic Tyler. So we're talking about the Batman. I, real quick, I want to clarify, Alex. Are you <laughs> suggesting that Joaquin Phoenix has been killed in order to further a man's story? I mean, in a way, because I don't uh, get that reference at uh, all. Uh, Britain, I'm I'm surprised, especially since we're talking about the Batman. That's the that is the best scene in Joker, where he just randomly climbs into a fridge. Does that happen? I forgot. Dies. It does. <laughs> All and I then, remember, and then the rest of it's dead. a dream. Ooh, I mean, listen. Well, it's he, it, that's real cinema. He climbs in. The screen goes dark, and then it just plays uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, starting from where <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones gets out of the refrigerator. Um, Alex, <laughs> you it's just the worst for the Batman. <laughs> The fridge the is a portal. That... It's a portal between movies. Correct. I would love if after that, can we re-edit Crystal Skull? Because they're very smartly making a fifth one. Yeah. Um, Where Harrison Ford gets out of the fridge and he's like, oh, oh geez, I, I'm not in Gotham anymore, I guess. And then he starts dancing weirdly in a bathroom. I'm going to take that exact audio and dub it. Yeah. Gonna be good. Send it to Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Opening it can. I don't like <laughs> movies, Alex. What are the scores? <laughs> the Batman, directed by Matt Reeves from 2022. It has an 85% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 87% audience score. Uh, we're, we're still in the middle of playing catch up with recent movies. So here we are. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> and there you have it. I've been Britain. <laughs> Definitive answer. <laughs> And we're done. How many did we make that joke? One out of every five podcasts or four podcasts? Do you think? I think five. Okay. Yeah, I think that's five. A good ratio. I yeah. That's enough uh, for it to be fresh every time. That's really. Uh, let me let me check my joke log <laughs> real quick. <laughs> that's me flipping through it. Yeah, it looks like we got one every five. Yeah, we're I, guys. I know this episode isn't really funny yet, but that's because this is a serious movie for serious boys. <laughs> this is a we're not. This Batman isn't here to play around. Mm-hmm. He's a real, real uh, punch him up kind Scary of serious man. guy. I know he's that hair. Come on, <laughs> nothing funny about that. Gotta, he has he has the best jawline of any Batman today. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down Whoa. the gauntlet. I'm gonna say that Whoa. is the case. Okay, well, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, 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 I think good. there's there's an argument to be made there, but like, I I don't know. I, I think he nails it. I think he I think that was the they just he walked into the audition room. They took a piece of cardboard and they put it 
kind of <laughs> at his nose level and covered the, the top half of his face. Uh, they, you know, put a, a wall in front of him so that the only thing you could see was his chin. They were like, that's him. Yeah. I mean, not to not to get into something we'll talk about later, but sometimes I think that's really all you need to play Batman. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that's not entirely what I think. I will give you the synopsis of this movie. So Batman, basically, he's a sad guy, and his parents aren't there, and um, he, it was at the opera or a movie theater, and um, sometimes his dad is bad, and sometimes he isn't. Now you're all caught up. In this movie, Batman ventures into Gotham City's underworld when a sadistic killer leaves behind a trail of cryptic clues. As the evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator's plan becomes clear, he must forge new relationships, unmask the culprit, and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued the Metropolis. Now, that uh, is not Metropolis. That's where Superman lives um, and gets his coffee and goes on all his errands. Yeah. This is a The Metropolis, lowercase m, uh, referencing, of course, Gotham City. Um where Batman uh, lives and does all his hiding. Mm -hmm. Punching. Yeah. Grappling and jumping and, and getting in a little, a little point break style uh, windsuit mm -hmm. to jump off mm -hmm. a bank. Mm -hmm. I think it's a bank. Dudes will literally get in a little windsuit uh, and jump off a bank instead of going to therapy. <laughs> instead of communicating their feelings to the potential <laughs> romantic partner. <laughs> Hey, so so like, what are you looking for on on Hinge? <laughs> Zip! <laughs> <laughs> Alex, how many times have you seen this movie? Uh, I think this should be my fourth time. I think. Okay. Yeah. Because we we all saw this in theaters together. Um, Alex had already seen it once before. Tyler and I hadn't stayed awake the whole time. Mm -hmm. I, I did it. Good job, Britton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're proud. Yeah, of Three hours. <laughs> yeah. Um. And. Uh, now we've watched it uh, again for the podcast. I'm kind of setting things up for me to be. I think I'm gonna be the most negative on this one, guys. I think I'm gonna be the 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 uh, the naysayer. I think not entirely naysayer. I think yeah. I think this for me is a classic. Like uh, Alex and I trade roles doing this. I think where we'll like set aside the things that we like about a movie and be like, all right, put a pin in that. Like we acknowledge all of this. And then we'll just spend most of the podcast talking it down, and then we'll end up on the same grade. Like one of us will be defending it, and one of us will be like, "Oh, well, I don't like this and this and this," and then we end sure. up saying it like the same general thing. And so, you both come back to like, so it's a B, but yeah. a good B or a bad B <laughs> <laughs> depends. Um, sure, because I I think yeah, I, yeah. Similarly, I have a lot of opinion, a lot of things I like about this, but a lot of opinions about how I'm unsure about it. <laughs> so. Sure, that's fair. I, I had the thought a few times watching it. This is a really well-made movie that I don't like watching. Fair. Which is not in completely how I feel. I think I was just in a mood. And then when sure. I came back to it, I was like, no, this is, I, I, that is not entirely how I feel. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, my, I think my opinion of the movie has um, dropped a little bit just on subsequent watches. I think um, particularly the runtime, I think yeah. I feel more and more as I watch it. Um, but I, I came out of this the first time going, that might be the best Batman movie. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I don't I don't think it is. It's definitely up there. Mm -hmm. um, but it'll be interesting to get into it. I do actually have a list of uh, 
I, I guess it, it's a rather short list, but it is a trusty list of misgivings. Sure. Um, it's not quite like uh, No Way Home, where it's just like, hey, let's just spend the whole podcast just going down my list. Um, it's not like that. Um, there's a lot that I really like about this movie, and in particular, just how the movie feels is kind of exactly what I want from a Batman movie. Sure. Um, but we'll get into it. I feel like we've been saying we'll get into it for the past 10 minutes. Well... Or however long we've been I think going. speaking to We're us... teasing him. Uh, yeah, speaking to us uh, feeling the length and, like, maybe feeling a little down on it, I think the number one thing is that this movie works a lot better in theaters. Uh, mm. And that's that's not to say it is bad on home viewing, but, <laughs> like, I know for me, and I, I think we talked about this when we did Game of Thrones, um, uh, My I have never owned a TV that handles dark scenes well. I don't know mm. if I'm just picking them bad or, or what, but like any time that there's something that is supposed to have more depth to it, because uh, there was like a meme about this with Game of Thrones, it's whole thing, it's just whatever. Go listen to our episodes for that because we have different opinions than other people. So there. Um, <laughs> but I, I kind of have different opinions. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. But and that alone is enough to say that you have a different opinion than most people. That's, uh, yeah. Looking at the looking at the last season of Game of Thrones and going, it's fine. That's <laughs> that's a that's a different yeah that's a hot take not as hot as that's, my take that's already hot take. um I'm, I'm i'm i may as well be setting myself on fire at that correct. point <laughs> correct uh i found this kind of difficult to make out a lot of the time uh yeah. watching at home and the other big component of that for me is i think it definitely has the christopher nolan audio syndrome mm. Which is that, uh, for me, I, when I think of that, I think of dialogue that can be very quiet uh, and you basically need subtitles to, to hear, or to hear, to understand, um, that suddenly can shift into very loud, intense music from a very good score from yeah. uh, our oh, boy Giacchino. Uh, but especially having a toddler in a uh, yeah. place where the toddler can hear if the TV is too loud while he is trying to sleep. Uh, that made the situation even more difficult for me. So like it was, it was definitely not an ideal viewing experience, but I also think it like the movie is really made for more of a theater experience. Uh, and it's hard to translate that unless you have something comparable at home. So. Well, I, I also, a lot of the, they, they cast a lot of actors who are not necessarily um, yellers. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you, ba- you have Robert Pattinson going, and then Jeffrey Wright is, uh, is who I uh, said before, one of my favorite actors is like, <laughs> and then John Turturro is going, and Paul Dano is all over the map, with- <laughs> right. and then Colin Farrell is like, hey Mo, hey, what are you doing, hey what? So and Zoe Kravitz is talking like a human, right? <laughs> so like. They're all talking like people. What I'm saying is you have a lot of actors who are naturally sort of softer spoken performers doing nice work at a low volume anyway. And then occasionally you'll get Colin Farrell in there like with his elocution training. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> before every take that's in the behind the scenes before every take you see him in the in the in the uh, all the makeup going red leather, yellow leather. Right. Etc. It's a, you know, tongue twister. Yeah, Tyler, I know you've been meaning to get to watching Blade Runner 2049 because I, I think that's got a very similar 
feeling to it mm. of like you just need to kind of get absorbed by the atmosphere of it. And I think that movie has a bit more uh, in its color palette than this sure. one does, of course. But I'd be interested to see um, kind of how that does for a home viewing yeah. experience for you. That is a good point. I feel like the home viewing, I think, actually helped me because I could take breaks. I could pause it. Sure. I could uh, mute or fast forward the scenes I didn't want to see, <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. uh, which I did. And we'll get into that. Um, but uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, it, I think I watched this movie in. I think I did it in two halves. I don't think it was three. Yeah, it was two halves, uh, which is pretty good for me <laughs> as as has been discussed uh, somewhat on and mostly off the podcast, my toxic trait is that it takes me, I consume a lot of things. It takes me a long time to get through any given thing. Um, it'd be like, oh yeah, I started this TV show. It's really good. And then a week later, how you doing, Britton? Good. I watched three more episodes. It's it's just really, really holding me. It's great. So, but you know, none of us are perfect. It's time you learned that about us. Yeah. Let, let's let's start with an icebreaker. How How is Robert Pattinson as Batman? Or as our, ice, our new our new yeah. bat boy how how do you he, do he's kind of an icebreaker in this in that lounge um mm-hmm. no i i think he's fine i i was thinking about this the other day by which i mean today um he i have yet to see a live action performance of batman that has really stuck out to me as like that i like that performance i definitely i'm sure i have ones that i like more or less than the others but like batman as a character is just not like he, he i tend not to think about batman and batman movies um which maybe which, that's more a flaw of the movies than anything else yeah. i think that might lend um kind of some logic to why you're a bit more forgiving of the burton schumacher movies than me and tyler are maybe yeah. particularly the first two burton movies mm-hmm. back when we reviewed those you were you were much higher on them and i think sure tyler and i were very focused on these aren't batman movies oh and yeah you oh, were like yeah i don't really care yeah <laughs> elliot kalen of the flop house has pointed out that the first batman movie is basically jack nicholson watching a lot of tv <laughs> yeah yelling. yeah and uh I, i've batman is a is a thing an entity that I I've consumed a lot of Batman uh, art over the years in various media, but he's I just don't have any like particular attachment to the character. And so when this movie was announced, I was like, okay, I wasn't one of those people who was like, oh man, we get a new Batman thing. It's going to be closer to the comics. This is the thing I've been waiting for. For me, I was like, oh, that's cool that they're going to do it that way. It's another Batman thing. I don't, you know, I hear they're remaking West Side Story. (laughs) Like that's kind of, (laughs) Where I where I pivoted, but um I, I think he does a nice job. I I like the way the movie handles him. I like that he's a sad loner weirdo, um, and uh, I think the fight scene. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I he, he's good. I you know. I think, and I'm 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 scanning through the files here. Uh, <laughs> Checking. I think he might be my my favorite uh both batman and bruce wayne and that's not like high praise <laughs> because <laughs> of where a lot like i i i mean he it really is it's like this is the first time they've just done batman uh there's not the weird michael keaton take and michael keaton is not really someone that like if you were if you were casting batman out of uh a roster of actors as like a comic book nerd in the in the late eighties, I don't think he would go for Michael Keaton. <laughs> and like, no, <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer, you know, I think we were pretty kind to him and, and really 
appreciated what he did in um, whichever one that was. <laughs> that meant forever. Uh, and George Clooney was in a movie once. And, uh, <laughs> he, shook, he shook his head a lot while talking, so I could tell it was George Clooney. Right. Um, well, he tried. He a lot of, like... <laughs> yes. Britain's doing <laughs> ah, some humorous um, uh, gestures and such. It's uh, the, it's you guys are missing out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like Christian Bale is really the one that I have to unpack because I've never really yeah. liked Christian Bale's look except for maybe in Batman Begins some as Batman. He's a great like Bruce Wayne in terms of the persona, uh, syncophantic suck ups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, all good stuff. Um, maybe maybe I can't quite give Pattinson the Bruce Wayne side yet. I think he he could get there. Um, I like this, yeah. this angle on on Bruce Wayne, um, but I think on the Batman side, especially, and, and like Ben Affleck, never really worked for me in either component, mostly because of the look at, of his Batman. Um, he does fine as Bruce Wayne, but like, though he just never gets a chance to just be like, what does my Batman yeah. do? Like, how does my Batman operate day to day? Like, he almost doesn't even count as. Yeah. A take because it's so mired in like he's uh, between BVS, uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League, and then the Snyder Cut. Like there's there's so many different things going on in each of those. Um, Do you that, guys remember when this movie was originally supposed to be the solo Batfleck movie? Yeah. Like I. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. At some point. Um, it started off that way, and then Matt Reeves was brought on board, and very quickly they were like, maybe, maybe Ben Affleck doesn't want to do this no more. Right. right. He just wants to do the way back. Yeah. Just wants <laughs> to do the way back, uh, as we wanted him to. Yes. And um, future recommendation of mine. Once I watch it, uh, the the Wonder Bar, the Happy Bar, uh, what what Tinder Bar? Tinder Bar. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Get around <laughs> to it, and I'll love it. I'm sure. Um, but all that to say like robert pattinson he looks exactly like the the character should look i think in an adaptation uh sans the the yellow bat chest symbol which they better get to or why are we even here uh and <laughs> tyler is anybody else complaining about this i feel like I you know. and i are the only ones that are like bring back the yellow oval yeah do it <laughs> you cowards yeah I, I i don't understand why there's not where is my change warner brothers is a superstitious and cowardly lot which is why <laughs> they aren't bringing it back correct um but i i yeah i think he like just the way he plays him and everything is i mean he's he's even got that angle especially in like in the interactions with uh zoe kravitz it's like the way that he's very sort of stern and not really caring and he sort of just shuts down as like oh i'm i maybe i'm having some emotions but i'm totally stone-faced while i'm wearing the mask and not opening up to anyone i'm you know not caring about what these these officers are doing on these crime scenes i'm kind of just barging through and doing my own thing um that's i mean it's definitely i think a an arkham asylum influenced take in terms of the, the arkham video games uh, which is good because those are a pretty definitive Batman, obviously written by Paul yeah. Dini. Um, so like all of that, I think just nails it uh, from, from him. It's, you know, their performance, I think Britain, like you're saying, it's not necessarily 
ever going to be that engaging <laughs> maybe for for someone playing batman uh but i think he does a really good job doing yeah. what he's yeah. been asked to do for that so mm-hmm. um i was a fan and i like that he he kind of does a bat voice but not yeah he doesn't go as far as christian bale does but like he's kind of doing something mm-hmm. Which could also just be a matter of like, I've been doing this for two years. Maybe I should do like a kind of, you know what I'm, you know what I'm going to try? I'm going to do a voice. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, Alex, what did you think about um, Robert Pattinson? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp as Tyler. I think Christian Bale overall is probably still my favorite. Um and that's mainly just because I love how the Dark Knight trilogy, the it predominantly focuses on Bruce Wayne, like yeah. Bruce Wayne is the character. And I, I think that just does a wonderful job of humanizing Batman in a way that a lot of the movies just kind of shy away from. And this movie is kind of the opposite, where it's really, it is about Batman. Like, I, I feel like almost every scene he is in costume, which is actually kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Um and they don't feel like obsessed like a lot of superhero movies do of like he has to take the cowl off like every other scene. Like he, right. we have to see Robert Pattinson's face. Um, I, I I almost feel like this is kind of the Michael Keaton Batman done correctly <laughs> in terms of he's just kind of this like weird recluse and nobody really knows all that much about Bruce Wayne aside from he's just like a rich guy who hides from everyone. Um I feel like this is a, a much better execution of that because um, in the Burton movies, I never really bought that side of things like the lo- just the logistics of that, um, like everyone showing up to the party and be like, is Bruce Wayne even does he even come to these things? And Michael yeah. Keaton's just walking around just like talking to people and it's like nobody knows that he's it's, it's just very weird. Um, and then it's like, oh, yeah, who who else would be Batman? It's the weird guy <laughs> just right. hangs out at his house. Um I think this one sells it a lot better. Um, I I think Robert Pattinson might be giving the best overall performance of any of the actors. Um, Even just like the small moments. I think he sells Batman's kind of just like physicality the best of any of the actors. Um, Even just like very subtle looks that he gives people and just like very small changes of expression um, where it's very clearly like I can't let on too much. But I have to, you know, like you were saying, Tyler, I have to kind of keep a, a stone, you know, stone cold face. Um, I, I I remember the bit where he runs into Catwoman at the big um, drug deal and she's trying to grab the money out of the trunk and they find Annika's body. And you can see on his, you know, Robert Pattinson's performance, like he's shocked to see that. And it only lasts like half a second and he immediately yeah. pulls it back. Um I thought all that was great. And even if this isn't quite definitive Batman for me just yet, I think it could definitely get there. And I think it's this rides that very fine line where it's like it's very clear that Matt Reeves is doing a take. It's his Batman. Um, But at the same time, it feels very authentic and it feels like it comes from, um, you know, it, 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 it comes from comic accurate roots, I guess. Um, and even if, you know, Bruce Wayne's not, he's not like a suave playboy like he traditionally is, he could grow into that. And that's kind of the point of the movie is like, you need to be not just punching people all the time. Maybe you can, maybe you can work on being a cape crusader. (laughs) You know, I I almost think like 
this feels like such a i don't know it almost feels like a criticism of of batfleck yeah um where it's like no no you're not supposed to be like that all the time (laughs) and not even like the the complaint we've talked about a million i mean everyone's kind of brought it up is that the ben affleck batman kills lots of people with guns uh and that those movies like seem to try to maybe give him an arc of getting past that but also he doesn't (laughs) he never yeah he never actually changes his actions um where this like it's starting from just like oh he's very brutal he's not you know crossing lines necessarily just yet but he's he's on the edge he's he's doing really violent things and that's like a better starting a softer starting point yeah and it's it's better done in terms of an overall kind of character growth uh exploration type thing so yeah i would agree and I also like that he's not um, – he doesn't think he's smarter than everybody else because I feel like in other stories I've read, like Batgirl comics or, or Justice League things, whenever Batman shows up, suddenly he's the – he is right all the time right. and he's the hero. And he's like, no, you don't get it. And I like that this Batman, when he seems like pulling away from people, it's not out of like, Catwoman, you're so dumb. It's out of like, I don't know how to – I can't. I don't know how to interact with people. I don't know how to like let you in and how do I never met a girl. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how to like communicate with other human people. And so except for Alfred and I clearly can't communicate with him effectively either. (laughs) Um, And I, I like I like that take. I like that. That's the angle. It's an easier Batman for me to get on the side of. Right. Yeah. And I think that once again, that's, that's a very, kind of having your cake and eating it too. I love how it's just like, we're not going to do the origin story. It's kind of, yeah. you know, what we talked about, um, kind of the positive spin of not addressing the Uncle Ben thing with right. the uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, where it's like, we don't have to see that again. We don't, yeah. you know, Batman Begins happened. And it was, right. you know, it was, it, it, there's other Batman origins, but that one's pretty definitive. So we, it's fine. Just don't, <laughs> we don't need to show his parents getting murdered again, blah, blah, blah. Um but at the same time, it's like, well, we can still take advantage of him still being very early days Batman. And it's like, it's year two for him. Yeah. And so he's he's he knows how to punch people. He knows how to do some uh, problem solving. Apparently, he has already uh, faced the Joker and, and taken care of him somehow. Um, but he's hey, not. Don't know. The that, could be, uh, that could be Gordon. Gordon might That's have put true. the Joker in Arkham. You know, it could have been it could have been the penguin. Could have been the penguin. It. Yeah, it um, might have been Alfred, who's like a cool fighter. Yeah, Pennyworth. It's true. <laughs> Turns out that Pennyworth show is actually a prequel to this. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but I, I like how, and I, I think I I do have some flaws with the mystery and kind of how gordon and batman are like solving clues and mm-hmm. kind of the red herrings that get get thrown up i think some of that's a little sloppy but i think i'm willing to give that a lot of you know um give it a pass because it's like i said it's early days batman it's he's not super yeah. experienced he's probably only had to solve really like a couple of crimes and other than that he's been punching people this whole time <laughs> um and yeah. building his big old car mm-hmm. yeah november 3rd a lady says she returned a book to the library. They can't find it. People are always returning lost things and claiming <laughs> ownership of them. <laughs> Not here. I'm going to find it. Tyler, is there... Okay with that. Is it... In terms of just, like, 
comic references because I, I i don't think the contact lens that like records at everything is is that new to this movie uh, is it it probably has i mean i don't know if it's specifically shown up in a batman comic but i i feel like there's a decent chance it has if not, okay it's probably been around because i remember seeing that and thinking oh that's genius i really like that and i i love the he, he his narration at the end of kind of that first night when he heads back where he's just like, you know, it's hard to remember the nights sometimes. And I force myself to review sure. the footage and he's taken like copious notes and he's got that war journal that he's got going. I love all that stuff. I love just like there here, there is an operating procedure to being Batman. Here's what mm-hmm. some of it looks like. I, I just the little details like that. And I think, the second that I saw in the trailer that they're like, oh, they're they're the black makeup under his eyes. That doesn't disappear when he takes off the mask. They're actually going yeah. with that as a detail. It's like, OK, they're, they're they're willing to put in the little touches on this to, to help. Um, it, it's it's one of those things where it's, it's all about verisimilitude, where it's like, yes, I would still say the Nolan movies are probably they feel more real, whatever that means. Like this one is clearly a lot more gothic and a lot more atmospheric. Um, feels more like Blade Runner. Um, but it still adds those little touches of like, yeah, well, if you were, if you were wearing that mask, you would have the black makeup under your eyes. Cause otherwise you'd look even more ridiculous. Yeah. I have friends who've talked about like, this is a Batman. I can totally see like, adopting a young ward and not knowing how to bond to them i don't know that i'm at that point <laughs> sure because i mean i think some people have I, I can see this being a batman who's like i i want to protect orphans because they and i like that the movie really drives home that connection he has with yes. children in trouble particularly orphans i really like that but i i, I still don't necessarily see him like going to do a visit <laughs> you know to like an orphanage or whatever i sure. yeah, i don't know Running around trying to get the house clean so when the social worker comes mm-hmm, by. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, you want to go see 8 Mile? <laughs> sure, uh, I'll take you to see that. Just just, just recast Chris O'Donnell. Just keep him in. It's fine. <laughs> that would be great. This, <laughs> this is my grown-up son. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to introduce me to LL Cool J. Yeah. Um, I also liked that the movie um, has Gordon and Batman as partners. Like, they are working yeah. together on these crimes. Um, I do think there's a little too much of Gordon just asking questions and kind of just being oblivious to what's going on. But yeah. that's not... It's not like that's a rarity in sure. Batman media to yeah. have Gordon be semi-incompetent. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like... Obviously, Jeffrey Wright. I love him. I look yes, forward I'm, to I, seeing... I think he's near perfect. I mean, I, I absolutely yeah. love <clears throat> Gary Oldman as well. It's like that, that yeah. in terms of like, I don't know who I like more. <laughs> well, I, I would say Oldman simply because I feel like Jeffrey Wright doesn't get a whole lot to do in this movie. It's a yeah. it's a presence thing. And it's a... Sure. I have faith that if they give him more to do, Jeffrey Wright is going to knock it out of the park because he does every time he's in something. This movie also, it came, maybe this is why, maybe I'd be warm around the movie if it had gone full full through. They have a, a bit where, I guess they're looking at a cipher or something, and Jeffrey Wright turns to Batman and says, does this mean anything to you? And I wanted the Westworld reference where Batman looks at it and goes, <laughs> doesn't mean anything to me, doesn't look like anything to me. I would have loved that. that would but good. of course, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt didn't heed my letters. 
you missed the deleted scene where Batman, he has a Sharpie. He reaches out and he scribbles something and he's like, it's his problem now. And it's on the, the note. It says to the Superman. To the green arrow. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> How great would it have been if this is the exact same movie, but then in the post credit scene, uh, Robbie Amell shows up. What it, like just like just just there he is Pattinson and, and Amel, you know, like acting yeah, uh, equivalents, and they're just up against each other, you know, <laughs> having a good time. Is it Stephen Amel's Arrow, right? Isn't it? Oh, am, Stephen and, is Arrow. Robbie is Firestorm. Firestorm. Okay, yeah. that's even better. For a I, was, I was I meant Stephen, but that's dies. that's even that's, yeah, Robbie. That's Amel. also better if, it's, if he's talking to. <laughs> So, what is your deal? Well, I used to be half a Firestorm, but they won't let me do that anymore, so I'm going to be an elf in The Witcher. Oh, huh. I don't know what that is. Cities underwater. Yeah, I don't know if elves can swim, but... And then he turns, and Stephen Amell is just doing the the salmon letter over and over again in the corner. (laughs) Yep, yep. Doing his his no-eyebrow-moving acting. Yep. Heck yeah. Pretty impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. In a way. Uh, I, I feel like this is the kind of movie where we should just jump around all the main characters. I don't know. Okay. I, I think I definitely have less to say about everyone who's not Batman. <laughs> uh, I, was say, I think I think Paul Dano's The Riddler might be a bit a point of contention between us. <laughs> I think he's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I think he's pretty good. Um, I, I don't like him. Like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there we go. One, two, three. Um... I'll go last. No, I'll go first. You guys can talk. I was gonna say. I feel like we we. I'm for me. I'm just like yeah. You know, I think it's pretty fun. You're just chilling, man. Having a good time. Riding in the riding in the back. Yeah. I uh, no. So there are two. The main caveat I have to give to this, and and this is not a criticism of the movie because the movie would not. This is not the movie's job. We 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 are in a uh, uh, time in the world. Mm-hmm. where watching a movie about a person, a, a uh, disturbed young man going to extreme and violent lengths to work through his problems is too, it, that's a, that's a real thing. Sure. And, you know, not, not, not going to go into any more specific details about that. Um, just for the sake of triggering or anything. Uh, so like, and even though we have not had a, a person doing the things that the Riddler does stuff in this movie that I have not, are not happening in the real world right now. Sure. But things have happened recently enough that like it was a short enough walk from the Riddler to that for me to be like uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, which again, not the movie's fault. If anything, it shows the movie did a good job making the Riddler a believable enough character. Right. Um, that I was able to draw those associations also. And this is very specific to me. I just read uh, or recently read American predator, which is a book by, I want to say Maureen Callahan, which is a, a, very good but very chilling uh, account of a serial killer called uh, Israel Keys, which is a very good book and very terrifying. So I think I just have enough of like real world serial killer, real world, you know, violent things that the Riddler was like in this movie. I, I had like I had to skip some of those scenes because I was like, I can't watch like a testimonial right now of him explain. I just can't. Sure. This is a little too, a little too close to home. Um. Now, having said all of that, just as a performance, I, I'm not a big fan of it um, until the interrogation, yeah. which it, it, it starts to it kind of goes back and forth. Um, 
I, I, I'm not just generally speaking sold on Paul Dano as an actor. That's not a criticism of him. It's just like, ah, I had him and me. Maybe I'll rewatch There Will Be Blood or Little Miss Sunshine and I'll totally change my tune. But a lot of the performance for me early on, uh, it, it seems to lean on things that are just very familiar to me that actors do. We're going, it's a lot of like heavy breathing and then we're going to randomly change the tempo of our speech and then we're it's random yelling and all this kind of stuff that like actors who play those characters do to make them seem unhinged and it's I, I get it like I've I've been there I've seen it I've heard it I know it you're not going to be Heath Ledger you're not going to be Anthony Hopkins right. that's I, fine you don't have to be you're not trying to be but like I feel like the the only downside to to Hannibal Lecter and Heath Ledger Joker is that now you have a ton of actors, good and bad actors, who are like, that's what I have to do. Um, I mentioned this a few weeks ago on the Good Day to Die Hard episode where a villain starts randomly dancing, and I'm just so tired of villains doing that. Um, I had a lesser but similar reaction to when he starts singing Ave Maria in the interrogation. I was like, this is, what are you doing? Like, and that may be in the script. That may not be I Dano. Think, yeah. It, but it's just like, come on, I get it. They're crazy. So they're going to start doing these anachronistic things. And it just it doesn't like to me, it just seems kind of hokey and kind of like tropey and hacky and just kind of like, yeah, I get it. Now, I'm not saying I could have done better. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, get me wrong. I think I agree to some extent. I do feel like a lot of that's probably in the script because um, oh, sure, like sure. they're not I don't think they would, you know, do like the mask unless they did ask him like hey do, do you want to wear a mask and if so design it yourself because um, <laughs> they wanted to go for that kind of Heath Ledger thing of the performance being entirely his own I don't think that's what happened here I could be wrong maybe Alex if you have any behind the scenes info you could find there but I think I definitely agree and there are moments where I'm like oh he's this is really just the Heath Ledger thing like this is the the Joker filming his own you know like uh, PSAs basically uh it, it feels like the same kind of thing at, at points and there is specifically uh i think it's the point where batman's trying to save the guy who's strapped to a bomb uh, he's the da yeah. and he's looking at a phone and there's a shot of him holding the phone and like the riddler talking through the phone and it looks a little bit ridiculous like it like it both in the theater and rewatching this time somewhere halfway in the middle of that scene because there's a long shot of the phone that mm -hmm. happens there and maybe that's just because they had to get some exposition out and they were like, this is where it's going. Um, sure. But uh, there's a long shot there. And both times I remember being kind of taken out at it, just in the middle of the scene being like, I don't know about this aesthetic or I don't, I don't know if this is really working for me. Um, and I think the interrogation scene, I, I pretty much like the entire thing. I think he does a really sure. great job there. Uh, and I, I think that that is like, a because he starts off feeling very, um, like sober like he it's it's yeah it, it yeah, feels yeah. it feels like he's he's on the same or he's on like a the the same i guess uh intellectual plane as batman like he's he's mm -hmm. talking to him directly because he's talking about bruce wayne uh, which is a great scene i love that that yeah, is the yeah. way they play that of him like batman's like oh crap he's on to me and then it's <laughs> like man we almost got him uh i think all that's great and the way he kind of breaks down when he realizes like batman um is not on his side and and the the line of him saying uh oh you're really not as smart as i thought you were i think that's sure perfect yeah like i, I, like I love that um yeah and i wish that because there is some like screaming and yelling and singing whatever in there 
but so much of that feels very cerebral and feels very like oh he's he's so in his own head about the things he's doing that he's not connecting with with reality um i wish that did come across more and i don't know how you do that in the other scenes especially because so much Mm -hmm. of it's communicating through like mysterious technological stuff like right right. again and i i think this is a running theme they could bring him back in Hmm? a green uh green suit with a green bowler hat and a a big question mark cane like they could do that and they Mm -hmm. can make it work i think to some extent it might depend on the design um but they could bring him back as classic riddler uh but in this movie i think he's he is very generic for a lot of it um and there is a lot of a lot of yelling and kind of just being trying to be a creepy boy um yeah so like the mask design never really worked for me so sure. i don't think well, that's think, really necessarily yeah. him <clears throat> i think some right, of that's right, creative choices sure. uh but i would agree i i think overall i, I kind of wish that he was delivered in a different way as a villain just yeah. all around as conceptually well i think a lot of the the interrogation stuff that i i really liked is that early and, and again i I think I've mentioned this before. I watch uh, acting performances the way Alex watches plot continuity, where it's like, wait, that person, you know, started on their left foot, so why do they finish the staircase on the right foot? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. That's how I'm watching acting. And, like, so so much of that that interrogation when he's, like, quiet, I I think is really strong. And that was, like, I really felt myself, like, going off. Because for a while there in the movie, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be, like, such a jerk talking about this performance. Mm -hmm. But then we got to that part and I was like, oh, no, like I like this. Yeah. This is working for me. It was when he started to like hold out Bruce Wayne that I was like, OK, OK. There is a part where he just starts going, no, no, no. And I was like, that felt like an SNL sketch <laughs> for like a hot second. This felt a little for me. Does it, no, I, I don't think he even yells no. I think he just goes, ah, Maybe that's it, that's it, that's it. this is yeah. not how this was supposed to go. And and I really like the idea behind that of the Riddler thinking this is Batman is going to have some kind of understanding or appreciation of me or this is yeah. going to ha- even if I don't necessarily get free, we're going to end up on some kind of simpatico arrangement. And that like, I like the concept. Behind, maybe it's kind of like how when he starts screaming a lot and there will be blood, it's just really high pitched and kind of odd, which is yeah. a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. So there may be that sure. PJ might've been like, do like a like a false do like a Steven Tyler just like go for it, but um yeah and it was when he started to become more sort of unhinged in that scene that I started to go this is kind of getting back into the stuff that doesn't work as well on me and that may really just come down to like personal viewing history if you haven't seen these kinds of performances frequently then like you're gonna go oh cool and if you're me and maybe I don't know maybe I've just watched too many like lame you know broadcast dramas or something I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Zoo didn't prepare me for all that. Uh, all that dick for, wolf for the Batman. That's always in your mind. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's it. That's Especially it. that episode with like... Paul Dano, where he's like, I don't know. He's he's like a guy who has like a weird leg disease. Uh, they brought him into <laughs> the hospital. Oh my so god! I got to get back on that show. Whenever <laughs> we do Hungry Like Dick Wolf, I do know the episode <laughs> of Chicago Med I'm gonna pitch. It's. It's a oh, it's a great one, and it might be the prequel to uh, well, it can't literally, but to Paul Dano's Lit Riddler. Anyway, sure. so yeah, I, I I I struggled partially because of real world things that I can't hold the movie accountable for, and partially just for purely subjective 
yeah, performance stuff that I have hit my personal threshold with. Yeah. Um, aside from some pieces of the interrogation. Yeah, I <clears> think, <throat> um, to be honest, even the first time I saw it, there were a couple of moments where I was like, okay, that's a that's a bit much. Like, there's a couple of times during the, um, is it uh, D.A. Coulson, who's got the bomb strapped around his neck? Yeah. Um, and he's trying to answer the questions. There's like a bit where uh, he's interrupting the Riddler and the Riddler's like, you you don't deserve to live for everything. You do. And he just starts screaming. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what he's saying. I, yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even little, decipher yeah. it. Um, there were a few moments like that, but I think in hindsight, after the reveal that, and obviously we knew that it was Paul Dano and people who right. know the Riddler kind of know that he's supposed to be kind of a wimpy character. It's very much a cerebral thing for him. Um, but kind of that big reveal that, oh, no, it's not like a big, tough, threatening guy. He's just kind of a weak, you know, yeah. guy who's just trying to get back at everyone. Um, that kind of gave me a different read on his, all of his, sure. you know, quote unquote performances mm. when he's when he's wearing the Riddler costume. And the way he even talks about it, he's like, I wish you had seen me in my, you could see me in my costume. It was, it was quite sure. the experience. Um, that almost gave me vibes of like, yeah, he's just like an awkward kid trying to act. And that and sure. seem yeah. intimidating. Yeah. Um, that he's kind of doing the like, for one of a phrase, like the incel thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, no, very much. Yeah. And I think not to say that that's necessarily what was intended, but that's right. kind of how I read it in hindsight. Sure. No, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I yeah, feel I, that. I think yeah. it, it does kind of go back to like it still needs to be legible <laughs> during sure. the, the rest of the movie. There's and we do well i think also what helps support this is that you know after the the interrogation when batman and um is it martinez they're um they find the final video um mm -hmm. or they figure out the clue and whatnot um and we get that the video with uh the riddler kind of explaining what his plot is to all of his uh his brethren who are going to attack city hall um you know he starts it off by going hi guys and he's like he's, he's very normal so yeah. like the the difference in performance there of like oh i feel like he just ed nashton as a character he has to turn it on when he is actually becoming the riddler and that's sure. why he's so ridiculous true yeah i um i i, I both respect I, I don't know it's it, the the whole thing of him having like a, a internet following and, and all that. I like that the movie didn't lean too much into it to the point where I was like, okay, I now have to judge you on your commentary of this real life thing. Yeah. But then on the other hand, they didn't really do much with it. So ultimately I think I'm fine with it because it's, again, that's, I don't think that was ever the movie's job. I think the movie was just like, this is how a modern, modern day quote unquote Riddler would recruit, these people and I kind of I think I kind of like the restraint that they're like we're not trying to we're this the point of this movie is not to do a criticism on you know YouTuber culture or, sure. or, or what have you. Uh, there's also a really great bit during one of his videos. You can see the comments on the on the side, and one of them they're all like, "Hey, don't forget this. I got you. I'll be there." And one of them just says, "Rifles are good." <laughs> and I was like, "That's that's pretty it." The tracks. Okay, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think he just put this in a real. Uh, <laughs> like a focus group of like four channers and we're just like hey right right respond to this. um like, no i i agree and i think for me it, like i feel like it's it's actually pretty elegantly done in that um like you're saying it's it's not an analog to anything right. in the real world it's not 
uh, we, we don't have people purposefully flooding cities to crowd everyone into yeah. <laughs> stadiums and Which, such. By but, the way, when I saw this that the film for the first time and that happened, I was like, oh no, it's a disaster movie now? Like, <laughs> I thought it was just like this gritty, small detective movie. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> and even then, I, I like that it doesn't, it's not immediately like, Oh, all the you know <laughs> tidal wave coming in like the, yeah, the Gotham right, Dam is right, broken right. and it it is it's like oh this is like really bad for infrastructure and like yeah. oh people are not going to be able to stay on the streets. Um, yeah, or that like at the end you don't someone's like, hey uh, Bruce, I think that some mail came to you. Do you know an Arthur Curry? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <Good though. laughs> Played by Robbie Amell. Uh, <laughs> no, I think. Uh, for me, that works really nicely because it's it's taking this idea of like scary, some scary real world ideas of yeah. what the internet can be used for, um, and tying that into like this is how people would respond to Batman uh, if it, like the entire movie does really tackle right away the the core issue of Batman of you know basically like well why aren't you doing more for with your money like you've got money you've right. got power you've got influence use that in the city why do you need to go around beating up guys um and this movie really explores it, it starts to, to unravel some of that he has a, a short discussion with the mayor where they're talking through and, and she's kind of like i want you to start you know i i if i'm going to be mayor i want you to start giving charitably like i'm, I'm going to try and get get you to do that again because your yeah. family has this history um and then also the entire point of the movie as we talked about is him realizing that it's not just about beating people up. He has to, I mean the, the end of the movie, uh, we really are jumping all over the place, but the end of the movie where, uh, he's walking with the flare through the, uh, yeah. through the, the water at the bottom of, of the stadium is incredible because it's, it's like, this is how Batman becomes a symbol of hope instead of, mm-hmm. uh, just some scary, he can be the scary, uh, shadow in the dark that the, the criminals are terrified of. But he can also be someone who the the people who look up to him love and respect and, and aren't afraid of. Um, right. And so I did hear some people af- after the movie came out being like, so what? Batman's just like going to rescue people with the National Guard now? And it's like, sure, you're completely yes. misinterpreting that ending. Also, yeah. yes, like, that is how the Batman works. <laughs> yeah. Have you read a like comic he's a, book? He's about saving. I get it has like. It's like one of the one of the things about Dunkirk is that it's a war movie that's about saving people, yeah, yeah, and not yeah. just about killing Nazis. Yeah. yeah, Batman works alone, but he's not like like he'll he'll work with people to, to yeah. do good things. Also, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I think it really ties a nice bow of that. Like the the guy saying "I am vengeance" to Batman when they're up in the rafters is is very very good. Um, in my opinion, I, I think all that ties together really well and is a nice way of weaving in some real world feelings to that while still keeping it kind of suitably escapist and everything. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, we could have got Justin Hartley from this is us to reprise as a Smallville role of Aquaman. Oh yeah. I think he played Aquaman right. on Smallville. No, no, no. Justin Hartley was green arrow. We could have had two green arrows in this movie. Oh, boys. Oh, that's better. Man, it's, Justin Hartley's awesome. There's a thing. They for... did try an Aquaman pilot that had Justin Hartley in it. Oh, okay. huh. 
And Man. Adrian Palicki as the villain, huh. I think. Interesting. Interesting. Well, he ended up getting to give one of my favorite performances on This Is Us. Anyway. <laughs> also as Green Arrow. <laughs> also as Green Arrow. <laughs> yeah, for people who haven't watched This Is Us, it's the story of a family's the generations of a family and their connections and loves and losses. And also one of them is a vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe <laughs> uh, anyway. Kravitz. What, what did we think of Catwoman? I, I think that her acting was fine. I think her physical acting was very good. Like she moves like Catwoman. Um, yeah. I thought she was good. Like all the fight scenes, like even just her, like climbing down from her apartment, doing all like yeah. gymnastic stuff. Like that was great. No, I thought she was cool. It's interesting that she's Falcone's, uh, Falcone's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't bother me. I just, I thought she was good. Yeah, is uh, is that reveal from Long Halloween, uh, Tyler? I can't remember because there is uh, stuff with her and the Falcone crime family in that. I that's a good good question. I think it might also be... these 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 franchises need to make up their minds about uh, naming conventions. Is it is it Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul? Is it Falcone? Is it Falcone? Just is it, just stick with it, one, please. Is it Bane or Bon? <laughs> Bonne? Is it Batman or Bateman? Bateman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the next one is starring Jason Bateman as the Bateman. <laughs> Um, or it's or it's just Christian Bale reprising his uh, his character from uh, American Psycho, Patrick Bateman. Right there, you go. It'd be fun. It'd be a fun villain. <laughs> uh, you know, I I think that that is suggested in Long Halloween, and then there's like a sequel that focus or a sequel miniseries that focuses on Catwoman by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale that I think is maybe confirms or denies that. <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure. Um. But yeah, I thought that was neat. I like that we establish a... I think this Gotham Underworld and the fact, the way that their connections to uh, the Wayne family kind of come to light, I think all of that works a little better for me and gives me a better sense that they're getting Gotham right in this world building than necessarily Batman Begins. Um, I feel like Batman Begins, because that also has Carmine... Yes, maybe. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's Tom, been a Tom minute. Um, Fal- Falcone in that one, who's who's who also has some like playful banter with Bruce Wayne, um, but it's it doesn't really. And you always fear what you don't understand. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> kind of surface level, and it's like, well, we've cast this guy because that's a character from the comics. Whereas this is like, what can we do with this character from the comics? We can make yeah. him really get under Batman's skin and get under Bruce Wayne's skin. Oh, and we can make him. Uh, we can set, out, set him up as the guy who overthrew Sal Maroney, uh, which I guess we're just kind of throwing out Harvey Dent at this point if Maroney's already been prosecuted, which is fine. I'm I'm not. Yeah, we've I think got we've got it. enough characters. Although we do, well, the DA does get exploded in this, so maybe there's there's. Yeah, no I guess. Uh, I, I, well, I was gonna say, I guess if Coulson was involved in the Maroney case, right. it's yeah. I was gonna say maybe. Dent was the DA before him and yeah. got turned into Two Face. Or, or no, that, they, the timing didn't work on that. Or they twist it and do something else with it. Or they just don't use him, which is, again is fine. I think he's he's done well in Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, but that was an interesting thing to me. Um, but no, I do like the overall usage of Falcone in the middle of that. I think that that kind of peeling back the layers and revealing that he's the one at the heart of all this and kind of is pulling all the strings 
within all these corrupt organizations in Gotham and that they're using the charitable fund that Thomas Wayne set up. That's great. All those connections really, really work for me. Um, the fact that they have, I think they say, and I don't know if this is a, a comic book detail from, from some retcon or anything, but they say Martha is actually a Martha Arkham from yeah. the Arkham family. Uh, and that, you know, they're two Gotham's two kind of founding families. Uh, they have stuff with, uh edward elliot something elliot uh who presumably i think is meant to be i guess spoilers if they ever do a future movie but he's he's tied to hush uh theoretically it's it it, we have a a a screenshot in the movie that says hush it's fine that's true um so it's hush money you get it yeah and it's nice correct it's nice that because hush was like a 2000 to sometime early 2000s comic um or storyline that introduced the villain hush and i think it's nice to see that see what that can look like woven into this fabric of gotham cd underbelly uh and and play that out in this presumable trilogy um i think that's gonna be cool to see so i i like a lot of that um i forget how i started on this ramble I think uh, we start we start with, uh, with Zoe Falcone. Kravitz's Catwoman. Oh yeah, we. I think I just jumped on the idea to talk yeah. about Carmine because I like how they use him in this, and I like John Turturro quite a bit. I will say um, there's not as much as I guess to dig into here, but uh, Turturro and uh, Peter Sarsgaard as Coulson were two of my favorite performances. I thought mm-hmm. they were both really good. And I think Coulson was playing a lot of similar things to to Dano in terms of being just like a scared weakling, just like a loser in yeah. over his head, but like. Sarsgaard just like his character really had a soul and like he 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 never drifted into like ticks or again trophy performances he just seemed like this broken idiot yeah. who shouldn't have been in the position he was in he he was able to redeem himself from his oh so memorable dc role uh in uh green lantern mm. he, he's the bad guy in green oh, lantern right, and right. he <laughs> is awful in that yeah okay. isn't he just like an a, a sad guy in a wheelchair I think he may get in a wheelchair at some point. Uh, okay. Basically, he gets infected with yellow energy, and then he grows a big head, and yeah. it looks ridiculous, and he sh- screams. He's shrieking the whole movie. It's obnoxious. Uh, I can't wait to watch this movie for the podcast. I... Uh, <laughs> 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 no, uh, but I thought he was I thought he was, uh, was very good. Hot off his a very bearded performance in uh, his wife's movie, The Lost Daughter. Uh, he, his wife, of course, being the very talented Maggie Gyllenhaal, who was in The Dark Knight connections so everybody knows batman yeah in a way um kind of yeah but yeah and Turturro, like forget about it he's so good um killed it on severance killing it in this i love that carmine's always got his uh, sunglasses on even like playing pool in the dark he's always got his glasses on and he's just so chill the whole time he's wonderful in this um yeah i think um yeah. when i first heard john Turturro was going to be in this and of course my my opinion of him has been greatly skewed because the first thing I saw him in was the Transformers mm-hmm. movies. Oh, so wow. like he, I know he's been in all sorts of movies. He works with the Coen brothers a lot. Yeah, like he is, yeah. he is like he's... a legit actor, but kind of in yeah. the back of my mind, he, I'm like, he's just that agent Simmons guy from right. Transformers. He's, he's arguing with Bill O'Reilly in a scene <laughs> in that, in the third one. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but Coming into this, I was like, he he does a really good job of being understated and threatening 
Like, oh yeah, oh he, yeah. He sells that super well. <laughs> well, the first time I saw him was uh, Oh Brother or Art Thou, where he's just sure. <laughs> a dumb hick, but he's so good in it. Um, I when I heard he was going to play Falcone, I was like, oh, that's interesting because the previous actors that I thought of are Tom Wilkinson and John Doman from Batman Begins and the Gotham TV show, who are both like, Turturro is very tall. They're all like three very tall actors, but Doman and Wilkinson are also like, like, like solid, like big guys, broad, you know? And then Turturro is just like, is a very slim fellow. Um, And so I liked that he was, and again, with this history of Turturro in like comedies and stuff, like the Glabowski or what have you, to see him be that convincing, like, no, this guy's like scary mm-hmm. and intimidating and very authoritative. Like that's, that just comes from having the kind of range uh, of a John Turturro. Uh. Uh, real quick, I wanted to circle back to Zoe Kravitz because we, start, yeah. <laughs> we started there. Um, I think she's quite good in the movie. I don't think she's, she's my favorite Catwoman. I think I still prefer Anne Hathaway. I think... She does a very wonderful job going from like flirty to super yeah. serious and threatening. Like I, I feel like she balances that a bit better. And that's, I mean, regarding the script, that's not really what this Catwoman's about anyway. Right. So that's fine. Um, and like the crocodile I, tears and stuff. <laughs> I definitely want to see her come back. Um, yeah, yeah. and kind of be full on. What, Tyler, like like we keep saying, kind of be full on Catwoman, like full on like cat burglar, like go crazy with it. Yeah, have the the nails that carve out the the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I someone I heard talking about they they felt like the love story didn't didn't work for them. I I wouldn't even call it a love story. Yeah. I would call it an attraction right. that uh uh much like Tyler's um TV with dark scenes struggles to make out. <laughs> you know they have a. <laughs> They have a chaste kiss, and then they do a motorcycle trip, and then they split up. Pretty good, Brent. Yeah, Thank I you. like it more just in terms of, like, that's the first person that Bruce has really right. started opening up to. Yeah. And then at the end, when she's like, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the city. Do, do you want to come with me? Like, you can tell on the look on his face, it's like, he so wants to go with like, her. Yeah. But he, it's just like, but it's like, no, he's Batman. He's not. He can't go. I mean, um, and Haven sounds really fun. <laughs> her 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 line where she's like, "But I I see you're already spoken for." Like that's oh. that's great. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, I I think. I, I yeah yeah it's it's not like the best superhero romance in the world, but it doesn't have to be. No, like that's and not, it's not a function really in the story. It's not. Yeah, it's to not be. a complete. Yeah. yeah, it's not a complete romance. They're not together at the end. It's the yeah. oh, there's flirtation. Yeah. If by the end of the trilogy they're together, we can assess like, sure. okay, how does this romance feel? I think also she she just serves a good function at once again kind of opening Bruce's eyes to the situation and being like, no, it's a lot more complex than you just going out and punching people. Like, yeah. there's there's a lot of people in very bad situations that aren't necessarily helped by you just going out in the right. bat suit. And that we are and like talking about Annika, her her friend who was killed. He says like, "There's always choice and consequences." She's like, "Whoever you are, you grew up rich. Like <laughs> sometimes you do what you have to do. It's not, it's not that she was a criminal. Like she didn't ask for this." And that was something else I liked in the interrogation is how like Tyler, you're talking about they kind of break down the the difficulty of of the Batman character both in the world and the sort of meta issue with the character is that Batman is a character who solves mental health problems by with violence. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like that this movie had like, okay, you had one orphan experience. 
we had a very different one and people wouldn't pay attention to ours because it was easier to be sad for you right. because you hadn't, you had enough a very public privilege. Yeah. Yeah. And the privilege around you for us to feel safely sad for you. And with us, no one wanted to know. And uh, all of that is, is really uh, effective and effectively uh, delivered. Um, speaking of things that could be improved uh, in sequels, um, I have one note, one single note for Colin Farrell's Penguin. Where is the iceberg? Where is where is the big old iceberg sitting <laughs> in some water with a big old shark? I was just what happy you, that they doing? had the iceberg lounge that as is, a location. No, that, I was like, I, I feel like even somewhere in the Nolan movies, I feel like Penguin should have even just been a side character with the iceberg lounge yeah, as a location. Th- this really is like, obviously the design is is ripped out of a comic book. They, they make him, I mean, not ripped out of a comic book because they could have gone even crazier with him. Uh, sure. They could have given him the the ridiculous suit and upon your nose and the monocle giant and top hat. Um, but <laughs> in terms of the makeup and everything, like they, they make him look exactly like you would want a, a real world analog to the penguin to look. Um, and it feels like it could be a Nolan thing of like, sure. Yeah. He's just got the iceberg lounge. And I love that. He's got the 44 below. He's got the secret club. Um, I, I really genuinely hope that the, uh, the end of this setting up that now there's a big vacuum for penguin to fill uh in in gotham's uh criminal element uh i really hope that's setting up that he buys like a bigger like he he upgrades and he actually gets like you know i want i want the next batman movie to open with the the grand opening of the new iceberg lounge and it's it's like the straight up comic book arkham arkham city i guess uh iceberg lounge with all the the crazy vanities of the penguin i think that would be quite fun well, that's um, what that Penguin standalone HBO show is going to be. It's basically flip or flop. It's like an HGTV show, <laughs> but it's the Penguin going around and being like, Hey, so uh, my income is this amount of money, but I want something that's close enough that I can walk to work. And every time he just adds a giant iceberg in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> just says, this, is, this is my suggestion. Now, this is a split level. It's got to have an open floor plan with exposed brick. I got to put the iceberg in there. And he just plops it down. Yeah, my my one note about that performance is is um, that it's not even it's really more a note for other movies. I don't like this new trend of let's get an actor and just cover them in prosthetics and paint and a fat suit, and then talk about what an amazing transformation they underwent. I am more complaining about Vice, and though I haven't seen it, House of Gucci, um, but this is a. What I will say and why I think this movie is, is okay is I don't know what an accurate, what a casting notice looks like for this character to be like, <laughs> we want an actor who has had some experiences. <laughs> mm, Weather, like you could, face. Yeah, maybe like a blues singer mixed with, uh, I don't know if we know what to say. That's not horrible. <laughs> um, but he... <laughs> You could, I guess what I'm saying is you could have gotten an actor who's closer to that body type and then done all the facial sure. makeup. Having said that, Colin Farrell's fantastic. And <laughs> like, the prosthetics, it's such a good performance. The prosthetics are really, really they're good. They're really good. It's, they're really say, good. I, I would complain about it if it wasn't good. I'd be like, just cast yeah. a, a guy who looks more like what you're going for. But the fact, the fact that the makeup is that good, 
I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, and, and frequently I, I've I've complained about this in my in my personal life about um, when off actors mic. off mic when actors get a ton of my my mom. Hey mom, you can skip the next few seconds of the podcast. You've heard this spiel from me before. <laughs> um, uh, every Oscar season. But when actors get a ton of prosthetics and then we we treat that as a great performance, as though all you need is to not look like yourself to be a good actor, that's not that's not what it is. You have to do something. And Colin Farrell totally does something with this. Like the accent works, it's really funny. Um, that character has a soul. That character like feels like he has a heartbeat. And like he's so it's such a crazy performance that never feels like out of sync with yep. The rest of the movie that he can, in the middle of an intense interrogation, go, "Oh, what are you showing me that for?" Hey, and it's funny, but it doesn't break mm-hmm. the tension. And he waddle, they get they get him to waddle like a penguin, mm-hmm. and it works. Yeah, like I think it's a it's, it's a great, it's it's a really like tremulous balance that the movie totally strikes. And Colin Farrell is so good in it. So like, I say all of this to be like, this does not excuse all the bad versions of doing this. There are like, you know heavier set middle-aged balding actors in the world who need work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Give give them opportunities. I'm just saying Colin Farrell's really good in this movie. I think the thing that that I really get out of his penguin performance is that he's funny without being a joke. Yes. I think the movie strikes a very fine balance of giving him a lot of funny lines there's a lot of moments where he he doesn't really know what's going on and he's just kind of confused and bumbling and whatnot but he's never an idiot yeah and i really like that bit at the end where falcone when he's getting arrested he's like talking him down he's like i always just thought you were a gimp or whatever and he's like you're never gonna you're never gonna make anything of your life and penguin's like i might like I, I I like that. Um and I really want to see once again, I want to see where that character goes. I want yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I Colin Farrell is an actor who he's had such an interesting career because for a while there he was like the new hot bad boy. And then he was just in a lot of action movies that didn't do great. Uh, Miami Vice now on HBO Max. Um and now we'll he's watch like total recall. <laughs> he just kind of does whatever but it works like he i think starting with in bruges he kind of started to have this like one i think he just kind of sorted some stuff out in his personal life and he was like all right i'm gonna be a grown-up but he he i was reading a review of another movie he he was in this year that i haven't gotten to see yet but i i quite want to um i think it's called after yang and they were talking about how colin farrell's become such a dependable actor whether it's in these small scale kind of odd indie movies that are very cerebral or whether it's like a blockbuster thing like bat like the batman and it works like he's a very talented actor um, who I think has just started to really people have started to really go, oh, we can trust him with like great material. He, he actually can do something with yeah. it. And uh, he totally, totally uh, crushes it in this. Yeah, I can see why they went ahead and greenlit a TV show <laughs> for him, even yeah. if I continue to be like, do we does everything need a TV show? But anyway. I'll, I'll be interested to see just what threads they pull in that TV show. Like, yeah. What characters are going to be included in that? Peacemaker, um, <laughs> Robert Patrick from Peacemaker, yeah, Justin Hartley uh, from Smallville, <laughs> Justin yeah, Hartley Daniel from Brooks. the Aquaman pilot, D- Daniel Brooks from Peacemaker, Robbie Amell as Aquaman, <laughs> uh, Rami Malek from Mr. Robot, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alf. <laughs> and yeah. lastly, 
Rami Malek from Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Bringing it <laughs> back. So you can sing that at the museum, but okay. Hey, I thought I'd go on vacation, and now there's something else going on. <laughs> and then they do another tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's the Colin Farrell penguin running around the British Museum going, I'm supposed to be on vacation. A good day to penguin at the museum. There you go. Um, I, I wanted to address the overall mystery. Yeah. And kind of kind of the weak points i kind of got from it uh i'm not sure if the ultimate reveal of falcone being the rat is super like interesting or like i don't know if that that's like a super exciting plot twist to me i i actually had kind of vibes to the bit in batman versus superman where lois goes to confront lex and she's like, I know what you've done. And it's like, yeah, the bad guy did a bad thing. And sure. we have the plot of the movie now. N- yeah, no shock. <laughs> uh, I think the key with this is like. I think for me, it's it's the reveal that. Like the entire time there is it's like, OK, there's a rat. There's somebody in who was in Maroney's organization who gave him up. Um, right. And that's what they're trying to look for the entire time. That's what the Riddler's trying to bring out. And the fact that the reveal is not only about Falcone, but also comes along with it, the fact that, oh, actually, this entire deal was a fraud. Like, that's the ultimate point. Yeah. That, to me, is more the twist than specifically yeah, the that it's Falcone. Um, yeah, well, the the way that they're using the charitable fund and, and all of that, I think that that works pretty effectively for me. Uh, yeah, so I, I agree with I, that. I like the way that comes across. I Yeah, I, it is true. It's like, oh... Oh wow, the guy who's sleazy and does underhanded deals did a sleazy underhanded deal. But it's fun that it's like, okay, now this we realize just how bad this problem is that's currently affecting Gotham. So I, I do think one of the uh, maybe something that would have helped alleviate this would be if not all of the kind of information about the uh Maroney case was told through exposition. Like we don't mm-hmm. see any there's like a some brief like news footage and i guess maybe if in case they want to cast maroney in a future film but like there's a very brief scene of like him being escorted to a police car by some officers and we don't we don't see anything um we don't get a clear look at his face but it's like i don't i don't know it's one of those things where it's just like there's a lot of exposition about that drug that that drug yeah. bust um and it's like can i can i see some of that maybe have a maybe have a scene with a young gordon because he says he was on that case and maybe get a little bit more from some of the actors maybe get a little bit more of, of john Turturro. um i don't know it was, it was just kind of weird how so much of that was just i mean not so much of it all of it was exposition yeah and it's such they'll a get, central yeah. part of the world building they'll get the guy who played young loomis in that one flashback yeah. in one of the halloween movies <laughs> to come on and catch Andy Garcia as Maroney. Mm-hmm. Um, not a bad idea, I guess. The Mar- uh, Garcia. I um, I also think it's interesting and kind of funny how much of that mystery hinges on Spanish grammar. Yeah, I think, and, and yeah. Alex, you probably were going to get to this. I think that there is some of the clues I quite like and some of them are super tenuous and kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, U-R-L Rata yeah. Alada. That <laughs> is like adam west batman i was thinking short. the same thing at, at points yeah. during this um that's that's be... that's sparrow with a machine gun material right. i do like the idea of uh, colin farrell being like 
they should call this movie El Penguin because I'm the only one speaking Spanish around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also, and- I, I think going along with that, just like the random guesses as to what who Batman and Gordon are thinking of in terms of the rat or stool pigeon, because they keep saying that over and over again. And it's like, nobody brings up bat right until they talk to penguin yeah it's a little weird yeah maybe maybe all of that was again the like oh he's still young and inexperienced kind of stuff and maybe it was even a like throwback to the 60s batman yeah maybe that was (laughs) well the actual you know what so the actual matt reeves is apparently a fan of the 60s show and even some some of the batman mask is partially inspired by the adam west cowl which is awesome the part that uh, it covers both of their noses. It's a subtle nod. <laughs> it's a subtle to... nod. And leaves. They have two eye holes. The film being called Bat, having the word Batman, is a uh, sort of a secret reference to the 60s TV show Batman. You know, but what Brent, you may maybe not sometimes I should just not TV bring show, out any cool facts. The 60s was TV show was, was based on a comic book from the 1940s. What? Like Like Peanuts? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Peanuts. It was based on peanuts. Um, Whoa. I, yeah, I kind of agree. And so that clue specifically, that clue is, what does he read from? I think it's the rat maze where he reads that, or is it in one of the cards? What What does he actually read? Does it? How do? What does it look like? Because it's it's one of the ciphers. I think Alfred is the one that cracks the code, and it's it's you. You are. I can't remember because it spells. Does it Spanish. spell it out? Yeah. Okay. I feel like there's a lot going on there to, to parse out. Yeah. Because the fact that they realize that it's Batman doesn't necessarily change the fact that it's still. You would still have to say it out loud to get that first part. I. It's, that's there's and I kind of feel the same way about the drive clue where. Um, there's a cipher that they use and they poke out a bunch of holes and ends up saying drive. And so then they go and look at one of the mayor's cars. Like Batman has to figure out which car it is. And inside the car plugged into something is a USB drive. Uh, and then they plug- thumb drive. Yeah. Thumb drive. And then they plug that. <laughs> oh, right. Cause it's t- 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 thumb. That's true. That is a good guy. Um, but then uh, they plug it directly into uh, Gordon's computer, and Gordon is like, "Oh crap! This just emailed like a bunch of pe- a bunch of news reporters some some <laughs> super important information." Batman's like, "I don't know. That's your problem. I'm gonna go now. It's time for me to yeah. time for me to keep uh, fighting justice. It's, it's all right. I'm gonna go now." I, th- I think it would have been good if he had like totally misunderstood URL and was like, "You are E L Uriel." How do we have any Russian Orthodox churches in the <laughs> in Gotham? He's the fourth archangel. Who's the fourth villain we've met in the movie? <laughs> hmm. He throws down it goes a all the way to the top. Somehow convolutedly, it it ends up leading him to the right place. Good. Yeah, that felt. Yeah, Falcone is it. <laughs> we we all know that Falcone uh, observes post exilic rabbinic tradition. Yes. And yes, I did read that off of Google. That sure. is not information I already have. Eventually, the Riddler just gets bored, and he's like, "All right, dude, but let's 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 get out here and, and get on with the plot, my man." It's 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 a it's URL. Oh God, it's an NFT. No, 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 just <laughs> click it. No, oh my God, Batman. <laughs> and then Batman's like, "He told me it was a URL," and Gordon's like, "Is that going to download an NFT on my computer?" <laughs> 
And then Batman, uh, when he's facing off against all those uh, goons in the subway, he's like, I hear a lot about the blockchain, but I'm going to do an attack chain. <laughs> and he just starts like going at him. <laughs> um, Alex, did you have any other notes? Yeah, I feel like they just bounced wildly between these riddles are way too easy and these are ludicrous. Yeah, sure. Because, um, like, specifically in the Coulson scene, like, it, when Batman goes, justice, the answer's justice. I'm like, yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It was like, I, I don't know. It, it was, I know riddles are hard to write, and specifically, like, with the uh, Batman animated series, that's why the Riddler is in so few episodes, because they were like, riddles are hard. Coming up with yeah. stories with the Riddler is very difficult. Um, And, of course, you go back and watch Batman Forever, and they're, it's kind of the same where it's like most of these are just like really simple yeah. and they're not, yeah. they're not complicated. Well, it's like a lot of the, in the Arkham games, a lot of the Riddler clues you have to solve are just like puns or just yeah. like find a place. <laughs> right. This man was down in the dumps when his puppet wasn't there anymore. So Scarface is in a trash can. <laughs> is that what we're. Yeah. He's a clown that murders people. Oh, that kind of game. <laughs> I will just, uh, Real quick, I oh, I'm totally blanking on his name. Wally Wingert, who yes. plays the Riddler in those games, is fantastic. Yeah, favorite Riddler. He's so good in those games. Anyway, that's another medium. But he didn't sing Ave Maria, so that's true. Fail. Yeah, you know, a lot of movies do like we're gonna play opera over something intense while it's in slow motion. I know, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> get it maybe i just watched a lot not of as many movies rain. play nirvana over something cool in slow motion though so. i really want to give this movie props for hinging the movie on a song i a didn't know beforehand and b isn't overplayed outside of this movie mm -hmm. and that, also like, it's this, not oh my gosh it's not like a soundtrack it's not like we're no. picking several different songs it's just like no we've got this one thematic song that kind of ties everything together it, book it literally bookends the movie yeah, yeah for sure no, yep. no, it's it's really well chosen, and it's not like Hallelujah or something. It's like, oh, interesting. Yeah, because it, it much like a Scorsese or a James Gunn, it's like the thought was put into what is a song that actually works for this. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think I don't know if it ever really weaves into Giacchino's score, but it it sits nicely along it alongside really it, it does. Uh, in, yeah. in terms of a, a tonal palette, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it is yeah. like I really like the the music overall of this. I think it's, it's yeah. well done. It's a wonderful score. There's like that, not quite Jaws, but there's just like a dun, dun, just kind of mm -hmm. a like relentless sort of thrumming theme for Batman that's just really yep. effective. There's, Which is it's funny because there's a similar the Batflex score is similar, but that's just like. We're just hitting drums really loudly because this movie's <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Whereas this one feels like it's just like super classy in yeah. how it's done. There's and, like, a eerie lot more and, like yeah. melody that, to this one than I think there has yeah. been for the last couple uh, yeah, Batman right. iterations. So I like also, every, I got to listen to that Nirvana song more because every time like I will I will hear the first part of it in my head and then I'll immediately go into that Smashing Pumpkins song from the Watchmen trailer. Um, for some reason, but Which, I don't know a lot of grunge. Which the reverse version of that song is is in the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Well, there you go. If you play it backwards, you get to hear Batman and Robin audio. Yeah. It's like well, that Beatles which, song. 
can you can you tell me which one is which is one of them is the end is the beginning is the end and the other one is the beginning is the end is the beginning alex i don't know anything about smashing pumpkins i just i just know about those songs sorry that's it point my fans is that a green day thing (laughs) yeah is that a green day alex that a green day thing hey speaking of pumpkins there was a kid in a, a creepy little uh season of the witch looking mask yeah at the beginning of this movie it wasn't a kid it was a adult robber that which may be a reference to robert pattinson's movie good time mm. oh interesting I haven't seen and i think yet. actually on the um i can't remember if it's like convenience store that he robs it says good time uh-huh. like apparently that's just a Keep, reference oh, to that that's movie fun. that's i like that yeah i like that that was what matt reeves wanted to that's fun it's a really nice opening to this movie too, where it is it's it's Halloween, a bunch of people getting up to no good, and they're so terrified of the Batman that they don't even like go through with things, like graffiti yeah, yeah. and stuff. Like they're just like, oh crap, maybe the Batman's here, and then they run. Uh, that's really nice. And again, going back to that, like establishing that status quo of this is a Batman who's scary right now. Uh, we yeah. maybe need to make him a little less scary by the end of this movie, but this is where we're starting yeah. from. I think that works really effectively. One that it starts with the guy he saves still be, like thinking he's yeah. gonna come after me now, and it ends with the people he saves trusting him. Yep. Yeah. Thought about it. <laughs> Matt Reeves thought about it. <clears throat> he um, tends to do that at least a little bit. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, we've talked about doing the Planet of the Apes films, and we'll get to see three or two that he directed. Two, two. Yeah. Oh, really? Looking forward to that. What did, he did. I thought he did all three Dawn. of the newer ones. Yeah, who was the was first it, Was one? it uh, Colin Trevor? Rupert Wyatt did the first one. Rupert uh, Wyatt, okay. Whoever, Reuben Foster? Or Reuben Fleischer. Fleischer, yeah, that guy. Not not to be confused with Ben Foster. Or Ben Fleischer. <laughs> um, Alex. Or Rue Fleisch. Yes. Did or you, Benman. Did you have anything else? Uh, I have one more hot take uh, loaded Uh-oh. in the chamber. Oh, I got one too. Um, well, I am saving you go my first. hot take. You know, you go. You, okay, I'll go first. This has Tyler, to be Tyler. my the last okay. word after Alex does whatever he's talking. All right, all right. Am I am I going first? Am I being yes? Am I being kicked Punched. off the plank? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I did want to ask because I've heard people complain about this as well. Going along with the riddles, do we think it's a problem that Batman is basically just led down a maze? Like it, it's he is just falling into the Riddler's plan the entire movie until the very end. I've heard people complain about that. Nah. Um, I'm not necessarily bothered by it because this whole movie is Batman learning a lesson. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he does end up saving the day at the end of the movie, he does beat the Riddler's game. Um, yeah. I, I think it's completely fine, but I know a lot of people kind of had that complaint of like, well, if he's supposed to be doing a bunch of detective work, he's doing a really bad job of solving these crimes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It all it all worked for me. Yeah, it all felt like within sort of the, the thrust of the movie. Yeah, I, I think it I think it tracks pretty well that that is like it's what they're trying to do. And also he does things that are smart throughout it, even if he's not on top of the plot the entire time. He's he's proactive and he's trying to figure out how to solve these things. And he's like kind of making guesses and, and is confident yeah. in them, even when they're wrong, like he's he's going for it. So. I think having your like hero be proactive goes a long way. Yes. Yeah. And having your hero like make mistakes because they're human beings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. He does probably get some people killed in a car chase. Uh 
I, that was one of my notes. I directly, think the end of I, I love that car chase. I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And really, that's been a, a kind of through line for most of the Batman movies, really, except for BBS. I, I think for the most part, like a lot of time and focus goes into a Batman you know, a Batmobile car chase. Right. And this one's just really neat. I love Very how good. they shoot that. Um, I mentioned this before, you know, before we, we started, but they used the, the tool, the volume, um, which is what they use on the Mandalorian, which is basically just like, it, it's like rear screen projection kind of, but it's, just, it's like a bunch of really high tech screens that display the background of any given landscape. So like when they're talking on the rooftop um, with the bat signal overlooking the city, that overlook of the city is just a bunch of screens and it looks so real. Um, And apparently during the car chase, like a lot of that is like Colin Farrell on a rig with the volume behind him. Um, Hmm. And it just looks really it. It's seamless. Like you cannot tell. Um, And the final shot of Batman, like driving away on the motor motorcycle um, that's on the volume as well. It's really, really cool. I like that they're pushing technology forward, and it's going to age very well. It's not going to look terrible in 10 years. Um, Yeah. I like um, the way Colin Farrell goes, I got you. I got you. I like that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, Batman. Mm. uh, Well, first of all, it's ridiculous because so basically Penguin gets he's in his car and he gets this tiny little convertible or whatever, and he gets stuck between a bunch of trucks. And so he decides to put on the brakes and basically causes a truck to hit him from behind and that causes this whole car crash that's not what would happen in real life not with that tiny a car that truck would destroy him it ran he had reinforced the convertible and after it's destroyed he's (laughs) using all the insurance money to build his iceberg lounge Uh, there you go all right you solved it you know prized it Mm -hmm. um but yeah batman's able to find a cool way like right as the ramps kind of rearrange he kind of guns it but there's a huge fire and people die in the background and it's, it's not great. That was the one time where I was like, okay, Zack Snyder took over for a scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's nah, not good. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, am I doing hot take first, Tyler? Where's that? Alex, is that? Alex, I did you... have a couple more notes. If you want me to just knock those out no, real quick. Knock them out. Um, Make our day. Well, one of them might might have to do with one of y'all's hot takes, so I can hold off on that. Um, you want to you want to get notes? Let's get notes. <laughs> I think overall the action in this movie is absolutely spectacular. I think this is the best looking fight scenes that we've had in a Batman movie. Um, I I love the Nolan movies to death, but the choreography in a lot of places is not. It's not. It's not the the, the greatest strength of those movies. Um, I think you're forgetting a little movie I like to call the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Allow me to paint the picture. Will Smith is sad about something. The Batman is there. Continue. <laughs> uh, I I do have to pull out my my uh, kind of frequent action movie complaint. There's a lot of speed ramping, and some of it's small, but there's a lot of they they speed up the footage. And I even noticed when Selena drives her motorcycle into. Um, the iceberg lounge and she stops and she pulls out her book bag and pulls out a gun and loads it. That's all sped up. And I don't know why. And this is just like this weird radar sense that I have where yeah, I, I think... notice it. And most people, it doesn't seem to phase anyone. Is, but it, your like, spe- is it your speedy sense? I think you're developing it's my speedy the, the speed force. I think you're starting to be able to perceive <laughs> things uh, in yeah. times, in times 
time speeds, time streams other than our own. But I, I just, I, I've talked about this before. I just find it very distracting and it, it, it hurts the scene, especially when there's like really good fight choreography going on. Like when Catwoman is fighting, um, when she's going to kill Falcone and she's fighting off one of his goons who's attacking her. So much of that is just sped up. And I'm like, but the choreography is really good, but my mind is being taken out of it because I'm like, it's, it's not, it's not right. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're because you're Barry Alex in the Speed Force. No, I, I it's, it's correct. I, I I know you guys don't really have a whole lot to speak on. I, that, I don't know that was it. yeah. I don't yeah. No. I've I've that's I've talked about this ever since I saw Mad Max Fury Road because I think that kind of just broke my brain. And ever since I'm just like sped up footage is bad. <laughs> and Mad Max is like the only one to actually be using it like very purposefully in a way that you can yes. tell. Yeah. Uh, Whereas I have not noticed it in any of the things that we have. Well, especially because I'm like, so much of this movie could be trimmed down and they decide to speed up the action sequences. I don't, I don't like the choice. Yeah. I, don't uh, like yeah, the I choice. wish they had sped up some of the dialogue. So it's like, <laughs> what is it? Does this? You know, I, I can watch this movie like 10 more times and I start noticing that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Paul Dano, like you can see his mouth is moving a little faster than oh, it normally yeah. does. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, <laughs> but no, you didn't like that. You were you were Rich Harvin. You were fine. <laughs> he was wearing gloves. But yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my last note. Aside from potential hot take territory, which I'm sure Tyler, you might have. Think, I don't know. I don't think it is. So is it the Joker? It. No. Stop. Let him get there. No, it's not. Good. So it's fine. Go, um, go. Go for real it. quick on the Joker, I I don't feel like we need to to touch on this too much uh obviously we don't see a whole lot of barry koenig but even with the deleted scene that they kind of just put online i'm not a huge fan i don't like his line delivery and i don't find him all that threatening i think the look is interesting and it'd be interesting to see him in like a full joker right. um costume in a future film if they ever decide to actually use him because matt reeves has said that's just to say that he exists yeah, I don't I, know if I'm ever going to actually I, use him. I don't know if I believe that. I think probably if you cast sure. him, then... I don't think you would release that deleted scene online if you weren't going. Yeah, we're we're planning something with right. Him. If yeah, that was already or at least like, like kind of testing the waters so yeah, deep yeah, in the plan. And like if that was a post-credit scene, maybe it's one thing. Maybe you kind of float it there, and it's like ah, some people might not have seen that. Not a big deal. We can kind of brush sure. over that, and we don't have to worry about it. Uh, but the fact that it's in the movie, I I don't buy that yeah. they would make a sequel and not not touch on him at some point. Yeah, uh, in the future. But I don't I don't like his voice and I don't like the laugh. So that's kind I of just two sticking points to me. I know like Tyler, you laugh? you disagree, which is why I, uh, I thought this is no. where you were going with the hot take because apparent Barry Koenig's performance is kind of uh, a bit is it polarizing. It's Keegan. 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 Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Keegan. Yeah. Go apologize to him. Not for not for disparaging his performance, but for mispronouncing his name yeah he's uh, related he's uh keegan michael key's son yeah look i i balanced it out by giving eternals an a okay that's true that's true um no i actually and my grade on the score sheet says a okay sure that is that is what i wrote i uh i don't have a uh like a strong opinion on the dialogue delivery i'll have to i'm kind of just like i'll wait and see more i have watched the deleted scene and i was like okay sure um i i think i'd rather just see like what does he do if he's given a full role in a movie and like actually can flush that out some. Um, 
I actually really like the laugh. I think it's very creepy because it's almost childish. Uh, <laughs> that's horrifying from the Joker. So I, I, I was, I was on board with that part. Um, at some point when we first watched it, I thought that was somebody else. And I was trying to think as I was watching it this time, and I don't remember who I thought it was. Uh, and I, it was someone I was excited about. And then it was Barry Keegan. And I was like, that's also exciting. Uh, and now I don't remember. So I guess, sure. <laughs> that's that's something that I felt like saying. Uh, Britain, go for it. Wow, that was a weird cameo by Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, <laughs> This is a Joker who does a lot of kicks. Yeah. No, uh, I'll 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 say an, I'll do a nice thing. Uh, I'll do a, I'll do a, a compliment sandwich here. I'll say two nice things, and in the middle, I'll do my hot take. My first nice thing is I love the introduction of the Batmobile. It's awesome. I've never. I'm not a car guy, uh, but man, with the way they revealed the Batmobile in this movie is so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. I just think it's done really really well. Uh, my hot take is I don't like that the Joker's in the movie. Um, sure. And and this is, it really is. It's not a reflection on how the Joker is handled. It's not a reflection on the performance. It's not a performance on the writing or reflection on the writing. It's kind of like how I would love to see a Star Wars thing that never mentions the Skywalkers or Palpatine. I would just love for or Palpatine. I would love for them to do a Batman thing where they're like, we're just not don't we don't worry about it. We're just not do, we don't need to do the Joker. Yeah. Um, part of this comes down to there's only one live action Joker that I like. Uh, see if you can guess who it is. Um, it's Heath Ledger. I've said things in this uh, <laughs> podcast which suggest that it isn't Heath Ledger. It's 100% Heath Ledger. It's brilliant. It is one of the best film performances. Um, but uh, otherwise, so maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just that I'm like, the hit rate on live action Jokers isn't high with me. And I think a lot of it just comes back to like, if I were a, you know, died in the wool, lifelong Batman fan who'd been reading these books for years and was like, they're going to do a Joker that seems to be trying to go closer to the, the traditional. modern, but yeah, traditional, exactly. Sort of amalgamation of what the comics have made the Joker to be. I've been waiting for this to happen and I keep getting different takes on the character. And this is supposed to be a more or less quintessential Joker. That would be really exciting to me. But as it stands, I'm like, you have so many characters to, to do. You know, I, yeah. I I both see the value in we are now trying to do a more traditional Batman story. So therefore, we want to give you those characters that you have already seen done this way so that the, you do have the takes and you have the traditional. I get that. I also um, feel like j- just as, as a casual, eh, casual-ish fan you know, I we we're good. I I would be fine if we didn't do Joker stuff just for one trilogy. I'm, I'm, I would be fine. And part of this also just because we have like Mark Hamill has recorded so much Joker stuff, and he is he is so quintessentially the Joker for me. So you know, it, it's yeah. a hot opinion. At least save him stuff. for the third movie if you're gonna. Sure, sure. So again, and and all this rests on how he ends up being used because I may be totally eaten crow in the second or third movie, and then go, oh, never mind. This is fantastic. I'm glad he's in the movie. But as of right now, I'm like, I, we can't, I just, I kind of, I was happy sitting. <laughs> I was happy floating, staring at the stars that aren't the joke. Like, I was good. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, so it's, it's okay, Britain. It, it'll all be okay. Todd Phillips is still working on the Joker 2 script. That's, oh, that's true. right. Joker 2, you Jokers. You know, what's funny is when you said like, oh, hey, there, 
you know, they don't have a high hit rate on Joker. I was thinking, oh, it's just like one out of four. It's not bad. And I was not thinking about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I didn't even like that. Didn't process for me. Yeah, <laughs> not right. even like remembering that he existed. Yeah, and I should also qualify. I haven't interacted much with the Cesar Romero version, sure. so maybe there's two. I Actually, know. I guess that's one out of. I don't, yeah, he's he's I don't, good fun. Two out of he's good fun. Yeah, yeah, and that's a completely different metric. Um, the other nice thing I will say is I like that even if he's still a little uh, struggling at times, I like that much like the Dark Knight trilogy, Gordon is a good cop. He is a good person. And I like the scene where uh, after Rael is shot, he runs out to try to save her and immediately like shields her with his body, yeah. which is something heroes do. Um, I just thought that, like, I don't know. For some, A lot of it comes down to how much I love Jeffrey Wright, mm-hmm. but like, seeing him run over to her she gets shot and he immediately is like covers her i was like oh that's so good no that's yeah britain that's that's not what heroes do that you know what they do once they catch the riddler they go home and have a nice slice of hero cake and just call it a night <laughs> yeah that's true i ordered a slice of hero pie and then he's taken away by the policeman and yeah. tyler uh I, I you mentioned in there um you know kind of read going back over to be like oh this is our definitive take on batman so we have to bring in the joker i and i almost talked myself out of this take and then like before the podcast and then i kind of talked myself back into it over the course of this podcast so that's why i'm like i'm dropping it here uh secret final hot take um i think my overwhelming sense for this movie is that it reminds me of batman fan films from the late aughts for kind of good and bad uh because it's it's very like we're getting these characters and we're getting these characters almost exactly right in terms of what a comic book fan would want them to do and look like and be um and like plugging them in in a way that it's like this is this is world building for a batman that is the comic batman like all of that i think it's really nice to see but we've been talking constantly in this podcast about how I am looking forward to the next thing. And that was also my immediate reaction after watching the movie was like, I don't, I I don't know how much I love the movie itself so much as like, Oh, this is creates a great sandbox so that in the next movie they can, sure. they've, they've knocked everything out. They've checked in every box of like, all right, we, we don't need to worry about, uh, what is our Batman like? What's our Bruce Wayne like? We don't need to worry about what's our Gordon like. We don't need to show you reveal the Batmobile again, unless we make a new Batmobile, which maybe they, they will. Um, but like, you know what Gotham's like, you know what, what happened with Batman's parents this time around, you know what, like all this history and all this, this lore, like every time you do a take on Batman, you have to check all these boxes. And this, because it's like, this is the one where we're really going to try to do, what we can to make this faithful to the comics uh to me really results in something that feels like almost paint by numbers it's almost like okay well we we have to fill in fill in the box fill in like this is this is what goes next like this this is how this all unravels in this first movie specifically because this is the even though we're not doing oh we're showing you what happened to batman's parents again necessarily it is still the origin movie for this Batman. And so we have to, to run through all of this again. Um, and I, I'm excited because I think that there's a lot here for me to be excited about 
and for them to play off of in the future where they can really hit the ground running. And I suspect if, I mean, it is getting a sequel, assuming production nonsense doesn't happen because it's Warner Brothers. Um, I suspect I'll like that a lot more. Like, I, I think I'm going to just already I just be more predisposed to that because I know that I, we're not having to go over that. I mean, it's kind of the same way that, like, Batman Begins versus Dark Knight feels of, sure. like, Batman Begins. You're establishing a lot of the same ground. Okay, now Dark Knight, we can really go wild and, and be kind of creative and, and show the vision of the director. Um, and that's the difference between like Batman fan films. And, and this is like a lot, of, there are a lot of those that were kind of like that where it's, you get the, and I'm talking about like YouTube, like somebody would get together with their, their film buddies, film school buddies and be like, we're going to make a, a definitive Batman movie. Um, and it would be 20 minutes long and it would have questionable acting. Uh, but it would be like, what if, what if we tried to make something that looked a lot like the comics? Um, and a lot of the times they'd be like, we're going to keep making more of these. We're going to make sequels. And they realize they can't profit on it at all because of copyright. Uh, and eventually those would disappear and you never really get like this cool idea of a, of a full Batman world. So this, this is both a commentary for good and for bad. And I think it's like, for for bad because i feel like to me it it kind of dampens how much i can really get excited about this because i'm like all right you 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 did everything i wanted you to do you checked every box this is you know you're good to go you've passed the inspection i think we can move forward with this batman uh but it's it's for good because now it's like once once they release another movie or two in this franchise we're gonna have something that feels like it can be very creative and fulfilling and its own standalone thing uh, because they've laid all the groundwork. So uh, that's, that's where I land on this. That's why I think I'm not super excited about this movie, uh, even though I am really interested to see what they do with it next. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Alex, do you want to unclench your teeth and respond? (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually, I, I agree with a lot of the sentiments there. I think, um, not to say that the the movies drop dramatically on rewatches, but I, I think, and this is something I've noticed with a lot of Matt Reeves' films. This is kind of how I feel with his um, his Planet of the Apes movies. I recognize how ambitious they are and how 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 much ground they cover and how they kind of I, I don't know they're they're just like well made and well crafted. There's just a lot there that gives me pause. There's a lot of yeah. stuff that's just like. I'm I'm not even necessarily sure if it's like taste issue stuff, but it's just like I don't know if that worked, right? Completely. Um, but Matt Reeves is definitely a, a great creative voice, and I think he gets Batman more than a lot of of people that have written for the character. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not complaining too much. Um, there was a lot of stuff I really like and and love in the movie. This is so much of what I want from a Batman movie. But there's just a few things that are like, I maybe tweak that a little bit. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, all that said, are we, is it time for grades? I think it is. All right. I'll go first. Oh. I'm going to give it a B plus. I can't quite get it into the A range. Um, I, If I remember correctly, I gave Batman Begins an A minus. Um, and I feel comfortable putting that this like right below that. I think overall that kind of comes together as a piece a bit better. I think that's a, a bit more consistent um, than this, but this 
I want more of this. <laughs> I, I just want more. Yeah. So I'm going to go B. So this is about what I expected to happen. Uh, what did I get Batman Begins? I think probably an A minus. Uh, it might have been a B plus or an A plus. I don't know. Sometimes I hear my old grades and I'm like, what did I do there? Very early on. Um, A minus. Okay. Okay. All right. I can kind of agree with that. I don't remember what I... I think I gave Dark Knight Rises a B plus, maybe. I'm going to keep interrupting Britain. Uh, uh, Britain, ruffling. turn that frown upside down and give no. the Batman a C like we know you do. I just realized I can do my face kind of like the cow in Undertale, so I'm just kind of having fun with that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> to be clear, Tyler, listener, I, I can see what he's doing, and I'm still not totally sure. Yeah, maybe that's not what I'm thinking of. No, I, I maybe I do. Maybe I do actually know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Real Maybe quick, I'm, yeah. Tyler, mm. you gave the Dark Knight Rises a B. Okay, okay. I'm bored with that. That feels right. Uh, B plus for me as well, sir. Oh, wow. uh, okay. I think it's a movie that again. I think a lot of my my qualms with it are so they're so subjective. It's all subjective, but they're so subjective, and um, I, I do think it's well made. There's not a whole lot that I think is really revelatory about it in terms of just filmmaking, regardless of content um it's beautifully shot it's stuff that i feel like i've seen before but it still looks really good like him with the the flare and everything it's just it's a really good looking movie and you know the acting i, I said my be yeah, yeah b plus b plus feels good speaking of b plus i have another uh retcon mendation um, this is a movie that I have rewatched that I did not get to record on the podcast for. And this time it was, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, okay. uh, from 2000 and a movie. And it <laughs> stars, it stars Chris Evans as a man who loves a plane so much. He would rather freeze than be departed from it. Right. Uh, no, I, I really, I, I don't know what the sort of consensus of that movie is or what the cool thing to think of it is right now um i had a lot of fun watching it yeah i don't i think it's a fun movie i don't know if there is really a consensus i feel like some people really love it and some people really don't so i you know yeah i felt myself yeah i i found myself just having a really good time i like the aesthetic a lot i think the effects have held up really well like chris evans head on the other actor's body Mm -hmm. looks great still um None of the actors you feel are uh, stretching beyond what their their sort of comfort zones. Maybe Chris Evans was playing a little against type for the time, but like now that's like who Chris Evans yep. is to a lot of us. Um, but I like Haley Atwell being that just doing her Haley Atwell stuff. I love Tommy Lee Jones doing the Tommy Lee Jones thing. It's great to see him in Lincoln and No Country for Old Men, where he gets to like act, act, but he's fun in this. Um, and, you know, Hugo Weaving and Stanley Tucci's good and, and everybody. So, like, I, I just think it's a really fun movie. The third act has some action sequences I really like. Um, I was not invested at all in the scenes where it's just the villains, um, where it's just Hugo Weaving yelling at folks. <laughs> um, well, the, that's where my uh, my complaint and really my, uh, my, my feelings about uh, nationalities and what right, languages right. they're speaking. This is the movie where that comes from, that issue. I will, yeah, I will say, at least the entire movie is in English. It's not like yeah. the, the Germans are going back and forth in a way that doesn't make sense yeah. in the sense of, like, they are bilingual characters. Right. But, yeah, I know what you mean. There are scenes where you're like, everyone in this room is German <laughs> and they're all speaking English. But, you know. 
Um, yeah, it's got kind of a throwback vibe, and I just had a really good time with it. So I'm gonna go B plus. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a rollicking good time. I don't know what Joe Johnston's been up to more recently, but uh, that guy can make a fun movie when he wants to. So yeah, Captain America: The First Avenger. It's a good time. If, if everyone's curious on on this, uh, Tyler gave Captain America: The First Avenger a B, and I gave it a C plus. Interesting. Interesting. All right then. Yeah, so I'm I'm gradually going back in and filling in yeah. the MCU, I guess. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh so I decided to among uh my my binge rewatch of the first two seasons of The Boys, which is wonderful and I cannot recommend that show enough. I know uh, obviously uh strong uh, uh content warning on there. There's a lot of very explicit stuff in terms of violence and sexual content so definitely uh do your homework on on that before you you you, you do it you, you watch it because <laughs> yeah. it's it's a lot um yeah. but also trust in the fact that this show uh, hired multiple women to write and direct for it yes <laughs> I, uh, yes <laughs> this, um, is a, this is a show that understands the thing it's trying to, to get across it's a very yeah, good show. i i think it's I think. it's very smart in how it handles all of that um and even just on a pure like world building superhero universe, oh, I think all of that stuff is fascinating. Yeah, um, a lot of good actors. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, but alongside that, and I guess uh, we all, uh, Tyler, you better have watched a war movie this this past week because no. I watched Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> <Hey>. Okay, <laughs> all right. Which which is definitely thematically tied to Captain America: and The First Avenger. <laughs> um, and the Batman, but, and the Batman. Uh, this is the story, uh, kind of uh, recounting the events of how uh, the CIA and the U.S. military tracked down and killed Osama bin Laden. Um, I appreciated that it was; it felt very much like a documentary. Mm. Um, and I know Catherine Bigelow; that's kind of her her style in terms of like being very grounded and. Um, kind of straightforward with things i i really like the hurt locker um and i don't even know how accurate the movie is it could be just making stuff up and i i wouldn't know but i liked how effectively it didn't get into like jessica chastain there is character work done with her she's kind of our our eyes in um kind of seeing everything um but it's not like it's not the kind of movie where it's all about like character arcs and stuff it's very just like here's how it happened they you know they interrogated this person which led to this person like it's very it's very uh kind of structured in that way uh and i i just thought it was really really neat um and it doesn't really i don't know it, it, it it's I, I like how very objective it is it doesn't go in and be like a rah-rah mm. america uh patriotism movie but it's not like it, it's not completely uh you know, talking down and, and criticizing the United States the whole time either. It's very just like, here's what happened. And you can kind of make of the events what you will. Um, they do show um, scenes of people being waterboarded and tortured. So yeah. it's not like they shy away from that. But at the same time, they show terrorist acts happen, people getting bombed and killed. And so it kind of, um, like I said, it's very objective in how it's done. Um, and a lot of interesting people show up a lot of actors show up and it's great like uh 
Chris Pratt and Joel Edgerton are leading the team at the end that goes and kills Osama bin Laden. Cause spoilers, he got killed. Um, and that like, there's just like so many people that small, uh, that show up in small yeah. roles. Like, uh, James Gandolfini shows up. Jason Clark shows up. It's, it's a really, really isn't, good cast. Isn't Kyle Chandler in there somewhere? Yeah. He's in there too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if we're going to catch Osama Bin Laden, got to gotta go for a trick play. I was going to say, I assume he's just playing his character from, he's been he's been pulled to consult uh, on a <laughs> real world assassination. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. Obviously, that's very much like a, a taste issue in terms of if people are going to enjoy that, that kind of film or not. But I, I definitely got a lot out of it. Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, I watched the first volume of season four of Stranger Things and I loved it. Um, Stranger Things has always been, I was thinking about this kind of rewatching it. It's, it's always been a show that like when that's on, I, I am just hooked. I don't know if it's like, I'm, I don't have that much eighties nostalgia. I think I, I don't necessarily think that's it. I think it's just like, it's such a amalgam of tropes and, um, like horror movie ideas and it's it's just really well crafted a lot of the time like the directing the style the, the music um every time i start watching it i forget how much i i miss uh i can't remember their names now um i think it's it's like a duo that does the the score for that show um it's this great synth score that has a ton of like range in terms of how uh, it can be very creepy and foreboding but it can also be really fun and energetic and, and powerful um and the cast is super fun there's a lot of really delightful moments there's a there's a lot of really like horrifying stuff in this season i think more so than maybe any of the past ones although i haven't seen i haven't i didn't go back and rewatch them um they're doing a weird release with this where they do seven episodes that are all like an hour long now and then there's a month uh and then at the beginning of july they're doing part two but part two is two like two and a half hour episodes I don't know how they landed on this. I'll see how I feel about it after watching that. We'll see if I'm And then they're making another season, right? And, and they're making a fifth season. So it's not like this is the, oh, we have to end it on a big two-parter and, and build up the hype. It's like, we're doing that. And then apparently a fifth season's coming. So I don't know. Maybe they just like filmed 100 hours of content and were like, all right, time to just dump all this on Netflix. <clears throat> Look, I know everyone was suffering from the pandemic and we were stuck inside and just everyone was miserable for a year, year and a half, however long, depending on your area. Meanwhile, all the Stranger Things folks are just like, it's fine. We're making yeah, 50,000 hours they, of content. They, they, we'll release it eventually. They took over a town in Indiana and they put a big dome over it and they were like, this is our home now. <laughs> and when we come out, we will have finished Stranger Things. Um, <laughs> that's kind of that's almost what it feels like. Uh, but no, I, I think, uh, it's really, really strong. Um, and I liked it quite a bit. It's probably a bit long, but like, I, I really had a blast with it. Um, this has always been my wife and I's like favorite, like show to binge whenever it comes out, we always just like crush it. We, we weren't able to do a, a legendary, just watch eight straight hours and finish, uh, night because we have a toddler now, as opposed to the last time a season of stranger things came out. Um, so you know is what it is um but really enjoyed it and that's awesome i think there's some really cool story stuff that it like sets up for i guess volume two uh would highly recommend uh getting into that if you have 
enjoyed Stranger Things before. Because I know it feels like maybe some of the hype has died down a little bit just because it's been so long since the last season. And it came out against Obi-Wan, which like, what are, what are you doing? Whoever let that happen. Uh, <laughs> Netflix, if if you had control over that, what are you doing? And, or, uh, Obi-Wan. and Disney, if you had control over that, why are you, why are you being mean? Stranger Things is fun. <laughs> um, let those kids do some uh, 80s monster hunting. So... I will say I did actually watch the first two episodes of Obi-Wan, but I'm actually going to hold off on making that a recommendation until I finish the whole sure. thing because it could suck at the end. Yeah. Time will yeah, I, I want to I actually want to do a rewatch of all of Stranger Things, and I'm trying to uh, methodically plan out how best to execute that because yeah. the boys is happening and Obi-Wan's happening and I can only stretch my brain so much. Much like the hero in this week's movie, Alex did a lot of shirtless spray painting to <laughs> um, to make up his his master plan. Instead of just buying like a calendar notebook like a normal person, I was just no, like, no, no, no. Ah. You just went. <sighs> Each square is a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, but hey, with you know delts like that, got to use them. Come on. So next week, we are going um, to watch a movie and talk about it, like we always do. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about it at herecomesequels.blogspot.com. We'll talk about it at Twitter, H- at HCT Sequels. Uh, you can email us at herecomesequels.gmail.com uh, if you have thoughts about us after <laughs> us, specifically as people, after we talk about whatever we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, and we're also on app- iTunes whatever and spotify and stuff um i do want to read uh a listener uh listener email um, what from from our friend joseph oh good good um and uh joseph heller yeah the subject of this is is alex is a hack (laughs) <laughs> and it says dear I, I would expect nothing less it says dear three strong sticky boys uh anyone who thinks the matrix resurrections is better than both thor ragnarok and spider-man no way home is clearly a <laughs> warner brothers shill i hope all copies of vanilla sky and the way back spontaneously combust which is frankly that's like what are you catching catching the way back in the crossfire what's that about that that's um, an attack on you that's not just i think me. It's, i think you're getting i think it's because i'm affiliated with you that i'm also getting uh punished <laughs> you're you're both but collaborators i, I allow but it's not, um, but it sounds like all the dvds of anomalisa are safe yeah, i think so, so. <laughs> i i'm not in trouble and he does he does finish the saying love the best guest host so all right uh, well thank you joseph for writing always in. love to hear from our from our uh, from our listeners, uh, uh, always a delight. Um, Joseph, I I hate I hate to be that guy, but I I stand firmly by my grades until five years from now when I will dramatically change everything. True. It's fine. We'll move to until a you, yeah. point scale from one to a thousand. Yeah, until you go to bed and you're like, well, time to time to rest, and you pull the covers up to your chin, and then you're like, mm, one more thing. And then you watch the scene uh, on YouTube from Thor Ragnarok where he gets the power. He's not the god of hammers. He's the god of thunder. And he starts messing up all those aliens. Uh, Joseph, if it makes you feel any better, I do now have Spider-Man No Way Home along with Thor Ragnarok in my personal movie collection. I don't have (coughs) Matrix Resurrections, at least yet. 
So high praise. Yeah. It's so he can point at them and, and pick on them and call them names. Yeah. Every time Joseph's in town, that look, they're here. Quit yelling at me. <laughs> that was worth 20 bucks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Joseph, for writing in. And yeah, see, guys, if you write in, we'll totally read it on the podcast. If it doesn't like be cool. <laughs> don't don't don't, you know, make us say anyone's activation phrase. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want That's no winter not. soldiers coming after us. No, no, come on, come on. I'll eventually get to that movie in my, my MCU rewatch, and then mm-hmm. who knows what I'll think. So be careful. Probably pretty good. Uh, Britton, you got you to gotta go for like a dartboard or something to choose which one to watch next. That's kind of how I'm going. <laughs> the one that I'm currently in the midst of rewatch, yeah, it is very much like, yeah, let's go this way. Sure. But I've seen them all, so, you know, it's just it's a buffet at this point. Um, well, guys, thank you for coming to this buffet of opinions and jokes and friendship and uh, analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm excited to record next week's episode. The movie, I will see what that's like. Um, but I love you, and I've been Britain. I've <laughs> Keep been Tyler. Up. <laughs> and, and I've been Alex. And you're having a a questionable night.